Hi everyone and welcome to episode 54 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host Dan Jackson. Today I have some sad news. This week, or actually last week, Sir Ken Robinson passed away. He was an absolute gem of a man who had contributed so much to education and his vision for education, which so many of us have bought into and that also are passionate about. And so today's episode, we're going to be talking about creativity and the need for an education revolution as a tribute to Sir Ken Robinson. Before I get started, I want to remind you that this week is the last week that you can win a Teacher's PD membership, which is worth $330. It comes with 50 plus hours worth of on-demand online professional development that you will get given access to. All you have to do to enter, you have to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Now, if you don't use Apple, that's fine. Just review Teacher's PD on either Google or Facebook and mention the podcast in your comments. Then just take a screenshot of your review and then share it on Instagram, tagging me at DanJacksonTPD, or or if you want to do this as addition as well, you can go into the Effective Teaching Podcast Facebook community and you could share your screenshot in there. And because I'm actually giving away two memberships, I'm going to draw one winner from Instagram and one winner from Facebook. And so if you want to double your chances of winning, post your review in both platforms for your chance to win a Teacher's PD membership, which is worth $330. That's lots of online, on-demand PD that you can access. Well, so Ken Robinson is probably most well-known for all of his books and stuff, but also particularly for his TED Talks. And so today I'm going to have a look at each of his TED Talks, he actually has three TED Talks, which is amazing. The first one in 2006, which is still today the most watched TED video on the internet. So he's the number one TED Talker. Uh, so this talk that he gave was called Do Schools Kill Creativity? And here he talked about the fact that nobody has any idea what the future looks like, what it looks like in five years' time, and yet he took, mentions the fact that we as educators are meant to be educating our students to get them ready for that future. Now, he mentions in here, all kids have talent, and yet basically we squander that talent and we do it ruthlessly in schools because kids come to school happy and they're ready to take a chance and all that kind of stuff. But at schools, we don't really encourage that, or at least we definitely didn't encourage that, and it obviously depends on your context. But context but in general schools kind of tend to crush creativity and the reason that is is because we tend to stigmatize making mistakes now this is because we are so focused on the whole test and standardized tests and getting kids to get you know really good marks but we have to really start to work on encouraging that and I think we have done a good job since 2006 there's been a big movement in schools to encourage kids to make mistakes and to encourage them to take risks to help them to understand so that they actually when they come into the class it's actually time i love the magic school bus i'm going to quote miss frizzle here uh, it's time to take chances to make mistakes and get messy and that's what education is about is your opportunity for students to really do that and so we need to start avoiding the stigmatize the stigmatization or the 
whatever you, I don't know how to say that. Uh, we need to stop stigmatizing mistakes and we need to start encouraging kids to take risks and allow mistakes and even celebrate them because it, it showcases the fact that there is learning that can be had. Kim is saying that the whole system of education around the world is a protracted process, so like a conveyor belt within a factory of university entrance. So we're basically just taking these kids through this process to get them ready for university. And this has resulted in many thinking that they are not good at anything because the thing that they were good at wasn't actually valued. So if they were good at arts, for example, it was dis dismissed because you wouldn't be able to get a job in it. Uh, and education was set up where maths and science and English are the number one subjects and the other subjects get pushed to the side, whereas we need to stop doing that. In fact, Ken says that we can't afford to go on that way. We need to change. And we need to change because intelligence is actually really diverse, it's dynamic, and it's distinct. We usually think in multiple ways. We have visual thinking, we have use sound, we have kinesthetic thinking, we have thinking that occurs in abstract terms, as well as thinking in terms of movement. And he talks about how creativity is the process of having original ideas that have value, and it comes through the interaction of different disciplinary ways of seeing things. So we need to, in order to encourage creativity and the process of design and innovation, we need to actually bring multiple disciplines together. And if you want, you can check out episode 50 where I actually did a whole episode on how to integrate curriculum. So Ken states that our education system has mined our minds in the way that we mine the earth for a particular commodity which in our case is education, it's science, it's maths or language. And this cannot serve us in the future. That's, that's Ken. Instead, he says that our task is to educate the whole being, the whole student, so that they can face their unknown future, which we as educators may actually never see. Now, of course, Ken then did a second talk called Bring on the Learning Revolution in 2010. And he's started off straight away by picking up from his first talk. He says it very clearly. I'm going to pick up straight from where I left off, you know? Uh, and so he starts to talk about how human resources, like natural resources, are buried deep and you have to go looking for them. They're not just lying on the surface of our students. Uh, you have to create circumstances where they actually show themselves. And he talks about this whole idea of basically learning being like caring for a garden. And he builds on this thing of environmental uh, impact and what we're doing with our kids in the sense of the environment that the school creates. So he's saying that it's time for us to notice to the students need to actually slow down and reflect critically to that we should be looking to create an environment where students learning is optimized by just giving them the time to actually go through and think deeply. Uh, what we need is not an evolution, that's not a reform, but it's actually a revolution in education. We need it to be completely transformed. What we have has to be transformed into something else. That is Ken's real big message in the learning revolution. And he talks about how currently we're just enthralled in education with this idea of linearity. And that's linked to that conveyor belt idea in a factory. That basically you start here and you continue to move through the process. And at the end, this is where you'll be done. You'll be set up for life. Uh, but it's not about linearity education and it's not even about conformity, which he also mentioned in his previous talk, the whole idea of 
needing to conform and get students ready kind of like a factory type process you know that or fast food type process instead he says it's not linear it's organic it's really a lot more about how to grow food than it is about a fast food chain or about a factory model so he makes this statement of we have to recognize that human flourishing is not a mechanical process it's an organic process and you cannot predict the outcome of human development all you can do like a farmer is create the conditions under which they will begin to flourish and i think that's a fantastic quote i really love that because it talks uh, personally because i like gardening i have gardens all over my house it's kind of a permacultured block and the whole point of creating that perfect environment for plants to grow is really i think that's a great metaphor for education how we come to our students and try and get them to actually grow and each plant needs different conditions and needs different soil different weather different amounts of water etc and it's our job to try and do that with our students and know that things might go wrong and you can fix that you can then adapt things as you go so he says in this talk that success comes when we start to customize our teaching and the students learning to the circumstances when we actually start to personalize education. Basically says that the answer is not about scaling a new solution, it's actually about creating a movement in education in which people develop their own solutions. Uh, if we combine technologies and the extraordinary talents of our teachers, we can actually revolutionize education. And this is vital not just for teachers and our education systems, but it's vital for the future and for our students and for our children. Uh, every day, everywhere, our children are just, they're spreading their dreams beneath our feet, he says, and we need to make sure that we tread softly. And that's how he ends that talk, with that whole idea of gardening and looking after the students, contextualizing it, and making sure that we're actually personalizing education so that when our students spread out those dreams, we actually help them to achieve those dreams rather than squashing them and telling them no, the linear process, maths, science, and English, get yourselves to university, that's what you need to do. No, he says that we need to be looking more broadly than that at actually preparing students for a future that we don't know. In his final TED talk, How to Escape Education's Death Valley, he gave in 2013, and he focuses more on the, the actual actions that we should be doing. Uh, basically, he says there's been hundreds of initiatives everywhere to try and improve education, and the trouble is that it's all going in the wrong direction. Uh, human beings are naturally different and diverse, but schools tend to focus on conformity and the whole fast food approach. So he's pulling again on that conformity thing from his last talk. He talks about how kids prosper best with a broad curriculum that celebrates their various talents, not just a small range of them. So that whole idea of celebrating kids who are good at drama, who are good at painting, who are good at building, who are good at movement and sports, as well as those who are good at maths, science and English. Uh, I particularly love this because I would argue it applies to physical education as well uh, in that the arts and also physical education are not just important because they can improve your math scores. They're actually important because they speak to parts of children which are otherwise untouched. And I think that is really important that we actually think about this as the whole being of the student in front of us, not just about their brain and getting them ready for uni. It's actually about how to best prep them in their entirety for life beyond school. So Ken says that if you can light the spark of curiosity in the child, then they don't really need any further assistance to continue with their learning. That curiosity drives their learning. It's essentially the engine of achievement. 
And he talks about how children are natural learners in this talk. And Ken really emphasizes the role of the teacher, stating that there is no system in the world or school or country that is better than its teachers. He identifies that teachers are, in fact, the lifeblood of success for schools and that we need to identify and remember that teaching is actually a creative process, that it's our job to be creative in how we come up with how to create the environment for our students to learn. We don't just teach to get good results in tests. We also mentor, we stimulate, we provoke, we engage. The whole point of education is actually to get people to learn not just to get them to do well in a test. And they are different things. So the role of the teacher is to facilitate learning. And that's all as far as Ken's concerned. That's all it is. I talk about it more as a coaching role, not just facilitating, but like a gardener, you actually have an active role in that process. And the problem is the dominant culture of education focuses on testing and not learning. Uh, Standardised tests should not be the dominant culture in education. They should be diagnostic, they can be used, but they should not get in the way and hinder learning. And I see it so often, it hinders learning. Now, we have in New South Wales, where I'm based, we have end of school tests called the HSC. And when students, and when I watch teachers teach the students, they focus so much on that test and how to make sure the student does well in that test. And then when you shift, try and shift them to focusing on you know, the learning of the student, they don't see the point because everything really hinders on that test at the end and it actually gets in the way of good teaching and of actually helping our students to learn deeply. So Ken then gets to the point where he starts to finish off his talk and he talks about the high-performing systems all around the world, all the high-performing education systems and what they have in common. And basically he says that they have three things in common. One is that they individualise teaching and learning. The other is that they attribute a very high status to the teaching profession and invest in professional development. For us in Australia, we have quite a big emphasis on professional development. I know in New South Wales, we have to do a mandatory number of professional development hours and the same in Victoria and around our country. And then step three, or the third thing that they have in common, is that they devolve responsibility to the school level for getting the job done. So we cannot remove the teachers and the students discretion in the way that education is done. And I think that is one of the most important things. I think that teachers and students should be the ones who have control, who are responsible for education, for controlling the school, for sorting out how everything functions and how it works, what actual administrative tasks are important and which ones are actually just to tick. We tick so many boxes these days that are just for admin people who want to try and watch and monitor what we do rather than allowing us to actually do our job well and it gets in the way. So I think it's really important that these three things happen. We need to individualize teaching and learning. We need to give teachers a proper high status in our culture, in our society, and we need to give them, the teachers and the students, proper responsibility for what's happening in the schools. So I'm going to finish off with this quote from Ken that's from his last talk. It says that you, if you take an area, a school, a district, you can change the conditions, give people a different sense of possibility, a different set of expectations, a broader range of opportunities. You cherish and value the relationships between teachers and learners. You offer people the discretion to be creative and to innovate in what they do. And schools, 
that were once bereft will spring to life. We need a movement with enough people that it becomes a revolution. Well, that's the end of the tribute to Sir Ken Robinson, the man who was a brief summary of his contributions that are in those three TED Talks, and I highly encourage you to go and watch all three of them. And I actually found watching all three of them straight after each other really shows how they really flow into one another as well. I think it's really well done. Uh, I think he's done a fantastic job of those talks. So go and watch them in order, take some notes, and you'll enjoy it even more. Now, of course, do remember this is the last week to leave a review so that you can win $330 worth of PD. That's 50 or more than 50 hours worth of online on-demand PD. Just leave a review of the podcast on Apple, or if you don't use Apple, leave the review for Teachers PD and just mention the podcast in your comment. Take a screenshot and then post that screenshot on Instagram and tag me. I'm at Dan Jackson TPD. That's my handle. And you'll have a chance to win from Instagram. You can also post it into the Effective Teaching Podcast Facebook group and I'll draw a winner from there too. So I'm going to give away two winners. Post it in both to double your chances of winning $330 worth of PD. I think that's well worth it. The winners will be announced on the 1st of September.